for Dune by Frank Herbert. Yeah. Today we, we will be discussing Dune. The, the first the first in the Dune series. Uh, um, we have uh, a... Are you actually recording? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're recording. Oh. We have, we have a little guest, um, Smiles, uh, and you... two other people who have not read the book. Sorry! <laughs> Sorry yes, for they, party they will, well, well, hold on. The people who didn't read the book are just our studio audience, okay? They're just Woo! here for comedic effect. You're here to laugh at our jokes. Word, they're going to get kicked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually read the beginning of the book. Hey! So What's your I? favorite part? Uh, it, it was only the beginning. So I got to, like, how there was sand and stuff. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really the beginning. All right, well, um, does anyone want to give us a quick, quick summary of the book? For our, for our fans and such. Um, yeah. The main know. character is uh, basically God. And he um, manipulates a local culture uh, into overthrowing the Empire with him. And then he does. Yeah, and the, the sort of main thing is the... They're, they do this on the planet Dune, which is a desert planet, and that has uh, this thing on it called Spice or Melange. It's this like kind of geriatric drug that helps you kind of be young, makes you live live young, and uh, also if you yeah. yeah live longer. I guess that's the word. Uh, and if you ingest it in enough quantity, it actually gives you special powers. Um, you can people prescience. can look yeah prescience. You can look into the future, that sort of thing. But um, you kind yeah. of have to be like genetically able and trained in order right. to take advantage of that yeah so not not you know not everyone necessarily has the power to be prescient but um well yeah. it's to the, it's to the extent of which you're prescient yeah basically. yeah right yeah. um so yeah so our, our our main character his name is paul atreides he's um he's a member of a major major house in this gal in this in this galaxy um, yeah, one of the ruling houses yeah the atreides house um and um, his mother is named Lady Jessica. She's a, a Bene, Bene Gesserit lady who's um, this ancient kind of cult of witches, this order of witches that um, they use the spice as well. I don't do they all use the spice or um, I know some of them do. Others definitely do. And I think acolytes consume it in smaller quantities. Yeah. And they're basically like uh, just these witches who are kind of groomed for power and like groomed to like uh, they have these special powers of the voice, which lets them kind of influence people and control people with their voice, basically. And they are kind of advisors to all the different like great houses and the advisor to the emperor. And um, they basically have their hand in everyone's pocket and everyone's business. So, yeah, essentially, they have mastered their bodies. And then you have mentats who have mastered their minds. Um, which is another semi-faction. It's not. I guess it's, it's less of a faction and more of a trained yeah. position. Yep. Um, yeah. And so they, um, you know, she, uh, 
I guess the other thing this is definitely spoilers, but um, so uh, the Bene Gesserit have been kind of using doing this this genetic breeding program over thousands of years to create what's called the Quisatz Heterac Heterac. Yeah, that's it. Who is um who's a male who's able to um, access the genetic memories of both the male and female lines. Mm-hmm. Um, he's able to basically access. Christos Hederak is basically able to access all of the genetic memories of his ancestors on both sides, um, and that they think that that's Paul Atreides because he was basically bred for this uh, kind of the Bene Gesserit. We're, we're trying to do that. Mm-hmm. So. so they intend for it to be. Um, well, he was supposed to be a girl, and it was supposed to be his uh, son, but right. his his mother uh, decides to uh, kind of mini revolt against the the sisterhood and she decides she wants to give her husband not husband her duke um a son because he wants a son right because jilly jessica is technically not even the duke's um the yeah, wife concubine concubine then a gesture a concubine so so that's basically the setting for the story so yeah so paul kind of he's the quisats heteraki becomes sort of this godhead figure for the fremen who are the freeman fremen who are these people on uh, on dune and um, they basically uh, take over the Imperium in this book. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the setting. Uh, a quick note to the readers. Um, I was able to... Uh, so, so one thing is I'm going to be taking down some notes. And uh, I, you can see on here this notepad screen for some of the specific titles or names that might be confusing. Because there's a lot of weird-ass vocabulary in this story. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was also able to uh, specify who did and didn't read the story as we go on with our discussion, as indicated in the stream. <laughs> Just so everyone's on the same page. Um, and who read it recently, too? That's the other thing. Because there's, there's three people who read it fully, and only two people have read it, like, recently. So, Yes, so I didn't finish the book. I got as far as the sort of first three chapters of um, book two, it's separated into uh, three different books. Oh, I'm sorry, the end of book three. So I got like basically like almost to the end, but uh, I just didn't have the stamina to finish it. Uh, Spoiler, I was not a very big fan of the book (laughs) and we'll get into that, you know, a little bit later. Uh, And I don't entirely blame the book for it. I, you know, I partially blame my, you know, I'm not, I, I'm trying to get back into the habit of reading. It wasn't like I, I haven't like been super on the ball with like getting into and slogging through these books. And this is a book that is no stranger to just prose and just long ass paragraphs and mm-hmm. extremely long sci-fi. descriptions. Yeah, like so. Uh, it's not exactly the book's fault, but it's not yeah, not the book's fault. That's my interpretation. Monologuing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, who wants who wants to, who oh, have some thoughts they want to start off with? Any so thoughts? here's here's a quick question. Uh, what's the Gungjabar? <laughs> Great question. It's literally just I think universally oh, no, a device that just kills someone like immediately. It's like a needle with poison, like really yeah. deadly poison, basically. I'm but I, I believe I I don't think. I think that is a Gamjabar, but I don't know if that is like the, the Gamjabar. Gam- yeah, right. I, th- I think that it just defines anything yes. that it functions in that way. Because um, in uh, in Children of Dune, um, 
Mm-hmm. They, uh, uh, Lady Jessica has a Gamja bar, and she's like, she like hides one under her skirts, and she's like wondering if she should kill um, one of the twins with it. But that's yeah. that's a different book for a different day, you know. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, so Dune, so Dune. I mean, first things first. I mean, Dune was obviously a huge inspiration for, namely, Star Wars. Um, you know the yeah. the force and the be the mind tricks and spice and the desert planet and the desert people and the the messiah that you're coming from the desert. Yeah, I think you can see it pretty much almost everywhere in sci-fi. Yeah, and it's a, it's, 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 it's in a, a found, lot of fantasy. It's like a foundational sci-fi book. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I do have a few notes that I jotted down. Yeah, please. But you can finish what you're saying. Um, I. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, again, I'm not super into the book, and I spread out an incomplete read over basically, like, two and a half months. Uh, so, like, I'm not super familiar, but, you know, as Andrew said, I can't stop seeing it, like, everywhere. Like, I totally get, now that I understand the context that this book is written, like, I totally see how its influences are literally just scattered across all of sci-fi and just fiction in general. Let me ask you this, Steve, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh... Do you remember, like, what was happening in the book when you thought, like, I'm just done with this? Good question. I'm done, like, listen. Because I remember there was a point where I was like, man, I just don't want to listen to Dune anymore. But then... (laughs) And... Powered through? Uh, uh, I, like, there wasn't the only, like, if we, if I just had this, like, if we didn't... So, we were supposed to talk about this book back in what august like early september ago, yeah. yeah so we've been pushing off this conversation we had a lar- there's obviously a larger group of people who to get into this and they didn't so like uh if i if we didn't have an, like a, an impending like reading Deadline. discussion i probably would have just kept going and picking it up at different points or whatever um however like i also don't know that i would have even gotten this far if there wasn't like a planned discussion you know what i mean so like with enough time i probably would have kept going uh I don't know. There's just, like, I'm generally interested in what's going on in the story. It's just the actual slog of reading it is what got to me. You feel me? I may finish it eventually. I may not. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what did I have? For me, this definitely teeters on the line of, like, being an, an enjoyable, engaging story and just exploring the ideas that it wants to explore. Oh. I can definitely see like certain people not really engaging with the characters at all because in in pretty much the first four books in the series the characters are like weirdos <laughs> that all have just robotic personalities and there's not too much to connect to um but i don't know that's just that's not really what carried the story for me yeah, that's I, I definitely that's definitely how I feel about it. I I really did like the themes and the ideas that it was exploring, but again, I just could not be invested in like the story because I didn't really care about the characters that much. Lady Jessica was probably my favorite character in this book, just because she was mm-hmm. I I felt she was really the only one who had like like uh, emotions and was like getting like angry and sad yes. and like Paul was a non-character for like a lot like a, a very good like start of the book i don't know he really kind of didn't, it took him a while to come around um mm-hmm. and so yeah lady jessica was really the only one i felt like had emotions that i could relate to and really care about and then even then after you know and then she they did her dirty in the other books i think i think they she really fell out before. 
but that's a different story. Yeah, I just I I agree that Paul's kind of a robot, but I don't see it as. Um, I, it seems like reasonable to me that he would be like he's been trained his whole life Certainly. to be a mentat. He's been trained in the Bene Gesserit ways. Um, he takes a bunch of fucking spice, and then he can see the future. Um, and I mean that's a lot to grapple with when you're like 15 years old and uh, your dad just died, and like you're on know. a shitty sand planet yeah you're on a shitty sand planet and everyone wants to kill you <laughs> i i uh, i agree like I, I get he like he's robotic and from the sounds of it this sort of problem only furthers itself in later books but yeah like in the beginning i was almost not like impressed but like i just thought like oh paul is like this super cool like he's he knows all this shit and i just kept going like oh wow the author made a note to tell that he uh, was like this really intelligent young boy and like he knew all these things he's like older beyond his years uh but then every character though <laughs> yes <laughs> like paul stopped being this unique genius uh but in the beginning i thought like okay he this is cool like um you know whatever like, i didn't mind it but yeah like it stopped being unique by like the middle of book two for me yeah, it's, it was definitely like I think it's definitely reasonable that these characters were as they were. I don't think it was unrealistic that maybe Paul was like this, but that didn't really make me care about him anymore. I don't know, like, um, it, and there was just so many intense scenes of like, yeah, this as you said before, like this internal dialogue. Um, like uh, the scene that comes to mind is when they were um, all sitting around at the dinner table, and um, the, when the Duke was still alive, and Jessica was there, and Paul was there, and like the smuggler was there. Oh like it's a lot of interesting. It just goes dialogue, from person yeah. to person, talking about their intense like thoughts that they're having, and like every single character notices all these little tiny like <laughs> mannerisms that everyone does, and facial expressions, and the hidden meetings, and the annoying. wheels within wheels within wheels, and like just very intense plot, and like Paul yeah, notices. I think Jessica I feel like. The the only two perspective characters we have in that scene are Paul and Jessica, though, right? Yes, I mean, which really I mean makes sense. They... In most of these things, like their pers- like that's where the perspective of the story is mostly told. When it comes to like, uh, I guess House mm-hmm. of Trades, like yeah, you get some Gurney theirs. stuff, you get some uh, uh, Thufir Hawat, uh-huh. but uh, those are more scattered too. Yeah, I'll say with Gurney, uh, his storyline was what got me like back. Yeah, I really like I, I, I love Gurney's, Gurney. Gurney's stuff is some of my favorite stuff in the book. It was just like forty hours of talking about sand planets, and then <laughs> I got we got back to like Gurney just like being mad at like his robot dad or something. I will I, say I'm a huge sucker for like world building and just how much sense this whole planet makes. I'll, and I'll give how, it dad. How, like just how much thought is put into the ecology of the planet and how it influences all these other things, how, how it, it basically defines Fremen culture, like is just so engaging to me that it pulled me through the book. That That's probably my favorite part too is um, yeah. Just like he literally built an entire planet and just like all of the ecology and like how each of the, how the worms are like integral to this and the worms create the spice and the spice is what makes this planet so popular. And if you, um, you know, and if you bring all this water in and like uh, terraform the planet that it hurts the, the, the worms and stuff. And it's just this very like tightly well done stuff. Um, that, that was definitely my favorite part as well. I mean, <sighs> he, so um, either of you two might know this more than me, but like, uh, how is Frank Herbert seen? Like, is he seen as like a Tolkien, 
where he like his world building was like extremely detailed and he was like this kind of genius in the way he did it like do you guys know much about like how frank herbert wrote this book um so he was a investigative journalist for several years before i think he did a bunch of odd jobs but um his inspiration for dune was basically he had to write this report on these sand dunes in i don't know whatever state he lived in um and he he wrote it but i don't think it ended up getting published and then he was like oh this was kind of cool so he spent like six years uh reading up on all this ecology shit and um religion and philosophy and he just he wrote dune Hmm. it's kind of like um it's almost like obviously the, the the fremen and stuff are all like you know they're 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 arabic and they have like yeah. all very like based in real world stuff isn't like um I, i'm not sure if it's i know there's some sort of parallel to like oil in the middle east um, i'm not sure if that's the water or the oh. spice probably the spice probably the spice it's, it's sort of like this this rare resource that like the whole galaxy like relies on it just comes from like this one planet and how it just, just like defines this planet or something and how it can be used for ill and, and for good and, and that sort of thing. So it's definitely like a real world, like, you know, they're, they're based off the Bedouins and the Arab and, and the Arab tribes and stuff. Yep. And um, even like the Kwisatz Haderach, I think that term is, is, is Jewish, it's Hebrew. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's all like very old world, like very ancient religion, but but based off of Earth, which I think even this does take place in our universe, right? Like Earth is like in, yes, takes place yeah, in the because they mentioned Hitler question. in the second book, oh. which is one of the only like one of the few <laughs> times in this whole series that I'm I like kind of cringed. Yeah, that was not great. The other thing too is um, they do mention the Orange Catholic Bible. Um, yes, which, yes. Uh, I think Doctor the uh, Doctor Yue gives to Paul. Yeah, it's like a uh, special little version. I don't know if you read the appendix. Uh, Eric, but the Orange Catholic Bible is basically um, after, I, I think it was after the Butlerian Jihad. Um, basically, like, all the religious leaders in the universe came together and they slowly, like, yes, wrote this. And there was, like, a lot of conflict over what they wanted to put in and what mm. they wanted to take out. Yeah. And then that was, like, the final product after uh, quite a while, I think. It was basically like all the all the different religions came together and they made like one book and they kind of yep. took that. I think is what it was. Um, sure. I forget what it was called, the conclave or convocation or something. Yeah, was something um, along those lines. I guess another important thing to mention is the but- the butlerian. How do you say that? Butlerian. Butlerian, butlerian jihad. I think. How uh, there was a giant jihad against all of all thinking machines, all of computers, and any machine made in the likeness of a man's mind. So all that stuff's outlawed. Robots are outlawed, computers. So everything is very, like, low-tech. Uh, Rio mentioned the um, the Mentaths. They're basically human computers. They replace, um, you know, robotic computers and stuff because all that stuff kind of... I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Why did they go on that jihad? Was it just, like, they threatened humankind? So they yeah, it was, it was basically just thinking machines were, like, dangerous, and they destroyed all of them. Yeah, so that kind of that kind of also paves the way, kind of sets up the story for why we need this spice. We need it not only to um, the 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 spacing guild needs it to like guide all the spaceships through space. You know, the mm-hmm. Bene Gesserit needed to do this and that, use their powers. We need it for kind of like prescience, um, 
because we don't have computers or anything. We only yeah, rely. It's important on... for pushing humankind forward in this universe where technology is limited. Yeah. May I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Go for it. What exactly did they say about, like, what did they say about Hitler? You mentioned it was, like, cringy. Like, what? Uh, it was uh, just kind of like, this is, um, like, uh... Wait, this was in Dune Messiah, wasn't it? Yes, no, I, I remember, I remember, I remember they talk about Hitler. I'm pretty, like, certain. Yeah, they, they definitely mentioned it in Messiah because uh, Paul gives, like, a, sh a sugar wire reel of, like, yeah. history of yeah, yeah, quote-unquote yeah. ancient planet to someone and there's like this is the history of like all of the different leaders and dictators make sure to check out this hitler guy he was definitely the worst of them yeah all. <laughs> what Paul said. Uh, yeah i think like in dune it was like i think somebody's like talking how they should get rid of like the fremens or something something like that oh somebody... yeah they 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 reference um <laughs> I don't know, like genociding people. I, they don't make a direct reference to Hitler, I don't think, but they do in the second one. Uh, a, a quick note: this book was written in the 1965. Yeah, so that's when it came out. I mean, like World War II was still fresh in everybody's mind. I don't Pretty think fresh. It's like yeah. Most cringy thing ever. It's I don't. It's just like in these super um, advanced sci-fi like universes when they call back to things oh. from our modern oh, times okay yeah it's yeah, like yeah. it's this idea that we are like omnirelevant yeah and that yes. the things that are happening to us are the most important things that have ever happened in history yeah. and i just don't i don't really agree with that and it's just i don't something i don't really like in my literary fiction it's it's almost like if we were today just like we had mentioned like ah oh, I guess I can't really think of a good example, but like, well, it's like thinking like um, two thousand years from now they're going to be like it all changed when Trump became president or something. Yeah, like yeah, I got you. Yeah, or like we're, we're talking about someone from caveman times or something who like, yeah, uh, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like because this takes place like way in the future, so like for them to talk yeah. about things like that happened on of Earth, thousands it, of years, I think. Yeah, exactly. So for them oh. to talk about something on Earth is just like it's absolutely insane. And it's, mm -hmm. that's also assuming that like no one is. Done anything, done anything bad after, yeah yeah <laughs> like so long ago like there had to have been <laughs> when there's things there's worse things happening in these books like, <laughs> yeah right that, by yeah. far by far worse things, especially in the later books like it, sure it's like, a footnote in some history book but like yeah there's like you know things just probably happened you know exponentially you know just there's probably genocides of 14 million people just every other decade, there are there you know yeah there's like, the whole prison planet there's oh, planetary yeah, right. destruction. There is a, there's a, a oh. Seleucus Secundus, which is a planet full of prisoners trained to become like warriors. Like Australia, Bababooey. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, so I, I think I think I speak for the couple of us when I know like there's um, a lot of us didn't didn't quite like the book so much. So I I, I want to hear. I'm kind of curious as to uh, Reno, like why. Um, your thoughts on it, like the themes that you like and the, the parts that you like about it. I'm kind of interested to hear about that, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I talked about this a little bit before. I just think, um, again, the world building, like how everything ties together. I think the Fremen are super interesting, um, like how their religion is so deeply tied. I think the the idea of the Bene Gesserit, like going to all these planets and imprinting this religion. Oh, yeah. Such specific things in mind like they know exactly they like 
that Dune is important. Okay, so we have to get this this uh, Reverend Mother down to Dune to slowly like morph their religion so that we can abuse it at some point with this really like, like hero that. story. That is really the Missionara Protectiva. Mm-hmm. The Benedictionaria Protectiva. Literally, my favorite um, aspect of the book. Like, it provides most of the interesting, like plot devices and you know abilities between you know lady jessica and paul that's that's the coolest fucking thing in this world i i would say i mean really the concept of the fremen like just those two make the book for me that's pretty much the cool thing the culture of the fremen and like the abilities and uh this widespread like espionage mystic like lady warriors i guess that's like the other coolest mm. thing here. honestly one of my like biggest i i really like the bene Gesserit, um but one of my biggest complaints about the series as a, as a whole is that they hold on them for too long there's too many books about them oh yeah yeah i, I wish they would explore like the the bene Tleilaxu more and oh yeah know, just, and what is the, what is the whole the... mentat thing how do you spell um, that they're not really interesting they're they're not really mentioned it's in the first one all that much gotcha. uh, AXU or something like that yeah I, I but... they're not really in this book where did that come from um like those planets and then they also uh so i don't know it's it's kind of hard to explain okay no worries they're they're just like biological they they um produce these things called golas which are like clones of people and uh they also are responsible for like mentat training yeah, because uh, I think the other thing about the type, I don't know how to say that, Tlaxu, is like they're, um, they're like kind of on the borderline of producing like illegal technology where like it's like advanced technology that's sort of outlawed since the Butlerian Jihad. So, and, and Ixian, the, I, the planet I of thought Ixian. that was the Ix. Yeah, well, they, they mentioned it too with the with the i know the Ixians, because the Ixians are very like hard technology, like electronic shit. Um, but the Bene, the Bene Tleilax are like, um, it's all biological technology. They yeah. have their, uh, axolotl tanks. Um, at a certain point they learn how to produce melange, um, like synthetically. Um, well, they, they're, they're at least a source of like futuristic and advanced yeah, technology yeah. in the Imperium. Well, they're not even part of the Imperium, are they? Uh, I think they're kind of their own thing. Oh, you know, that's really funny. Um, just to draw a parallel that maybe only Eric would get, uh, in Warhammer 40K, there's uh, the Imperium, which is just, just giant emperor of man. Um, but they source all of their technology from the Adeptus Mechanicus, uh, which is this, like, society, the civilization that lives on Mars that, like, the Empire is, like, all humans. It's, like, the biggest thing ever. Um, but the only group of humans that's really not in... The Imperium is this group called the Adeptus Mechanicus, and they uh, worship machines, so it's, like, heretical to anyone else. However, like, because of the the Imperium relies on their production of technology, they, like, they just sort of let them believe in these heretical, like, machine gods uh, so that they can get all their tanks and their stuff. That's literally, that sounds exactly like what you're talking about. That's right. kind of what so, the Ixians are, yeah. Gotcha. What I was going to say is, like, so you were saying that, so, so the, the, do they come up with all of the Mentats for the Imperium? I'm pretty sure that most, I don't know if it's, like, definitively all of them, but I think Mentat training is kind of a Tleilaxu thing. 
So that's that's something that's definitely was inspired by Dune, I'm sure, because the Imperium relies on only the, the Tlaxlau, but the the Bene Gesserit, because the every 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 uh, every leader has a Mentat, and a Truthsayer, yeah, a Truthsayer, a Bene Gesserit. So they all like they definitely rely on these sort of fringe groups that they kind of tolerate it, and even the Spacing Guild, they rely on the Spacing Guild as well because they have a, a monopoly on the. Um, mm-hmm the space travel so because they're the only people that have strong enough like prescience to be able to predict flight patterns safely. yeah and that's a similar thing with the um in warhammer 40k that the, the navigators and that are like mutated yep. humans that yep and are, the, the guild navigators are mutated humans they have the navigator gene that lets them look through um uh the the, the warp to guide ships so yeah and, and even this the sardaukar that was uh, another thing that um, inspired Warhammer, the Space Marines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, very much. Dune was very inspirational to a lot of sci-fi works. Um, one little thing that I kind of I didn't notice at all. I guess the first time I read through, but the second time I kind of picked up on was in the first chapter. You have the whole um, the Gamjabar and the. Uh, I forget what the cube is called, but he puts his hand in, but the humanity right. test, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oh, the, that's uh, where I left off. That's the first <laughs> chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just didn't hook me at all. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, big in those first few chapters. Yeah, that, that caught me immediately. Um, but the Reverend Mother Gaius Helgen, or Helen, whatever, uh, says a human will... Like, if a human's caught in a trap, they will pretend to be dead and then wait for their enemy to come over their dead body so that they can attack them and make one less uh, enemy for humans. But an animal will gnaw their own leg off to escape the trap. And then going a few chapters forward, you have the idea, like, when they're preparing to go to Dune, they're like, we could just flee the Imperium, uh, basically get rid of pretty much everything we own and just go off into deep space and run away. But knowingly they go into this trap and uh, the Duke Leto dies, but in the end they've lost a little bit of something. They've injured themselves in the trap, but they go willingly into it and like overcome the Harkonnens. Yeah. I never noticed that. I guess that's the other thing is like um, the that whole uh, idea of like that trap and that the emperor was in on it and and kind of gave them the planet to like destroy them. I never quite understood the how that all worked. So they they gave the, so the Harkonnens originally owned that planet, and yeah. then they gave it. The emperor gave it to the Atreides. And how does that work? Like, why did the emperor do that? Like, what was kind of the logic behind it? I, you, um, you... Go ahead. I think they directly reference it, but the the thing that the emperor fears is the fighting force of the atreides yeah. is approaching levels similar to that of the imperial sardaukar like there are troops in the atreides army that are genuinely better than the average sardaukar under the training of people like yeah. gurney halleck and duncan idaho sorry doesn't doesn't i mean i remember they mentioned that in uh dune uh, children of dune duncan idaho killed like 19 of the sardaukar before he died yeah. in dune so Okay, so that's why that's why they were in on it, and then um, so did so they did they did they just give them Dune as like a, a was that sort of the bait was like the one of the- yeah I mean it, it, because their their home planet 
is like impossible to attack. Like this okay. is this is their generational home. They've been here for thousands of years. They're so well set up on it. They know the populations here. Like if if they were planning an attack on them there, it probably wouldn't work. And it would be super obvious to like the Lonsrod. Um, um and then that would backfire on them. So a, a quick question about their home planet of Caladan, right? Uh yes. I, I was just gonna ask, like, who's in charge there? Like, do they ever... like when they leave? Yeah, like, or you know, now that, like, is it recognized in the Imperium that like House Atreides is like dead or whatever? they still own Caladan? Okay. Oh, do you mean um, in the few years while they're like living with the Fremen? Yeah, right, right. Like, what was I happening? don't know if that's referenced at all. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, right now. Oh, um, after the Atreides moved to Arrakis, Fenring took over while hmm. they were gone. Oh, okay. So <laughs> they had like a swap of like manors or houses, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if they technically like gave it up, um, but they moved pretty much everything to Dune for a while, just like while they were setting up. So I, I don't know necessarily if they lost it permanently. Okay. I think they were they were basically ordered to go to dune because of the emperor right yeah didn't really seem like a question yeah um yeah I, it was just like this is your new fief uh fife and give us spice please it just seemed kind of it just seemed kind of weird to me that they would give atreides like one of the most important planets in the imperium i mean they gave him it was the planet that has spice on it it, it was basically something like this is a super profitable planet and it's something they can't refuse hmm. and they needed them to move there basically and then they needed the harkonnens it, it it's like works out that it's a harkonnen planet because they hate the atreides and they want to overthrow them and get their shit and the emperor wants that to happen because he doesn't want the atreides to build up an army that can contest his and then ultimately it fucks them over because the fremen are like the biggest, baddest boys. They, it's they, like they like stupidly underestimated their numbers. Like, yeah. Like... Well, it's because um the the I don't. It's in the appendix, I think. Like directly explains this, but um, so they were trying to terraform the planet, and they didn't want anyone looking and being like, uh... "Hey, this planet's slowly changing." So uh, they were bribing the guild with spice so that they wouldn't take planet scans under the guise that the electrical storms were like interfering with it. Oh, okay. That's yeah, kind of like that. That stuff, but that was cool. I like, I did like, um, Leah Keen's kinds. He was a cool, um, when he was alive during the book and they were kind of like, he was like kind of on the edge of like betraying them and, and mm -hmm. kind of like convinced him to like go along with them and help them. I did like that. All that stuff when just before, I think it was just before Paul became like, I don't know. He went. He underwent like the Messiah change or whatever. Yeah, um, that was super. I, I thought he was a great character. Like in general, the one thing that I will give praise on, um, it, it is kind of weird, especially knowing, uh, Frank Herbert's role in all of this. He wasn't necessarily like like his background because I think he did like a really good job of like painting like believable leaders as characters. You know what I mean? Like they really like built the Duke Leto's like power and like how he commanded respect in a room you know charisma and command video 
and how yeah, it's two like, very different um, ideas of leadership, basically between yeah. the Harkonnens and the. Yeah, it's in just... general, like it's a if there's any sort of themes to take away from this, I I thought this was a good exercise in uh, demonstrating the different types of like leadership uh, in characters in in fiction. This was a pretty good pretty good read on that. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, it's like all of that all that stuff is there. It's there for it to be a very like enjoyable story. But it's just missing that emotional core. Like all of the yes. all of the, char- the characters are are good setups. Um, all the side characters are really interesting. Jessica's so interesting that the planet is good. The the conflict is is really well set up. Um, but I just I don't. There's no emotional core for me for me to really relate to. And when I don't have those characters that I can like kind of connect with and like have emotion, that it just it's just to me it's just a it's just a world. It's just like an encyclopedia. It's just like a world, mm-hmm. a, a world with nothing in it to really like get into and like put my mind into i guess yeah i think it's it's hard to contextualize without especially without having read um the second book where i think it starts to paint that picture a little bit better but the atreides are better than the harkonnens but they're not really good people yeah like the duke still takes advantage of propaganda teams um i mean paul is knowingly manipulating these people based on a implanted uh, basically like a messiah uh, myth that and he's he's just using them to get himself power yeah right. like there's like a huge separation just in you know the moral boundaries between those within power and those without like everyone in power yeah they use propaganda and yeah just these like manipulations of everybody but it's like they live in like a totally different realm of existence which i think is super relatable to just you know speaking to people in power or people with a lot of wealth like that whole dinner scene um you know it it just paints a, a totally different world you know people with money they don't have to worry about aspects of survival like food and shit but their life their their base worry is just like losing all their power and it's it's a totally different way of living does yeah it doesn't make them good guys or whatever but um yeah it really paints just like a different life for people in power mm yeah, and then um, and then uh, when um, Delia Jessica's pregnant, she t- whatever does that changes the poison or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. she um, goes through the spice agony. Yeah, that's crazy. And the um, unborn child in her womb becomes suddenly aware and fully conscious, just inside the womb, and she has all the memories of every single Reverend Mother from then on to exist, like all the way back, and. <laughs> it's just, that's it, wild that, it i do really i really like uh Aaliyah and the twins like yeah. they're 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 weird and not relatable at all but i love them they're such interesting like what other what other series of anything has characters like that <laughs> fucking <laughs> these eight-year-olds that like at the at the end of um at the end of the first book Aaliyah is so young that her her fucking palate hasn't hardened yet and she's talking to these people with a lisp because she's like two years old (laughs) yeah at the end of the at the end of dune they give her i don't know if they mention it in dune or they mention it in in, uh, messiah but um they they call her saint alia of the knife because Mm -hmm. she She stabbed the baron when they fight the battle with the emperor she's like going around slitting the throats of like all these oh yeah 
so that the, the, the Fremen can, can take their water. So it's just like, yeah. So again, like I said, like there, there is some really unique stuff here and there is some really interesting world building. Again, it just, it just doesn't have that emotional core for me to really relate to, to really give it a good, to a good reading, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're coming up on eight o'clock here. Uh, so do, does everyone kind of want to give some like closing thoughts, maybe a rating or something? Um, I know we, we don't have an extensive time to talk about it, but yeah, just, uh, give it in closing and maybe a message to somebody, uh, in a good summation, because I know this is, this is a very difficult book to get into from the onset. That's what I have to say. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, this book definitely doesn't have the strongest emotional core. Um, that's really like, to me, not an issue at all. Uh, it's just not really the point of the book in my mind. Um, and it has enough to make up for it. Uh, I, I, We'll probably read this again at some point, but after two readings and the context of the whole rest of the series, this is probably a 10 out of 10 for me. Even? Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, it's no story. It's no secret. Like, I had a very difficult time getting into this. Uh, so, like, I guess I could sum up my thoughts as, like, I have a great respect for the process of how this thing was written. Uh, the world, I think there's so many cool ideas. Um, as a story, it's I don't like it at all. Um, I, I give this, I give this probably a five out of 10 because it's some of the coolest world building I've ever seen. Um, and this is coming from my biased perspective of not being a huge lengthy reader. So that's, that's what I give it. I, I think if you can handle wordier and deep sci-fi and appreciate world building, absolutely try and read this. Uh, otherwise just skip if you're a casual reader, holy hell. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that echoes my sentiments. I think um, it's it's definitely not for the faint of heart. If you if you wanted to read it to have a good time and enjoy some some, some laser gun sci-fi, definitely oh, not. Yeah, the laser guns in this are fucking sick. Yeah, it, holy so shit! Let's take a little bit of thought and kind of some 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 uh, some prescience even to get through this book. Um, uh, so yeah, my, my thoughts are well known, so I won't repeat it, but yeah, I would probably also give it a five out of 10. Um, just because again, I, I, I enjoyed it. I got through the whole thing in a timely manner and I, I did enjoy it. Uh, it was more positive than, than the negative for me, but, um, again, yeah, just the stuff I said before. So yeah. Um, does anyone else, any of the peanut gallery want to give any uh, thoughts? I have a little, another cue. Uh, mm-hmm. what do you guys, I know you, since you guys weren't that into the book, like, are you interested in the movie or like what what do you what are oh, your thoughts on that? Almost certainly, yes. I'm... I I haven't I didn't look up like the entire time though I didn't like it and I was confused by a lot of things like I didn't like look anything up on the wiki. I didn't look up like visuals from the 1980s movie. So I mean the new I, one. Right, right. So after oh. this, I'm going to look up so much stuff and I'm very interested in how the movie's going to do it like I'm very very interested in how they're going to do this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah, of material. I'll... Go ahead. Smile, sorry. Uh, I just want to say, I, as much as I really liked, well, sort of like Dune, I just think Star Wars is just such, like, an easier to chew game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like, like, not even, like, I mean, it's... And I know that we wouldn't have Star Wars, of course, without Dune. So like if you're if you're interested in Star Wars, it's it's yeah, that's, neat to see like the spinal cord of Star Wars sort of. That's part of the reason why I was interested, but like it's the thing, yeah. Like 
I I didn't realize like how important like I think it's a little different in movies cuz like if it, if there's not interesting characters or like you know like emotional characters like I can get in, like more into like the cinematography or the music or something but I don't know when it's a book and like the world buildings the world building sounded awesome but like yeah, yeah I just couldn't really get into it well, I think that's what also Star Wars does better. Yeah, I at mean, least, at least in, at least in the sense of this is yeah. that since it doesn't it don't doesn't just take place on Tatooine, you know, they go all over the place, so they have less time to go over like the whole economic. It's a different story, and the yeah, world right. isn't the world in Star Wars isn't that complicated. It's yeah, it's actually like super simple, really. It's yeah, just... it's very black and white, which you know. Which made it easier to digest. Doom was Doom was immensely popular, but there's a reason why Star Wars was a fucking yeah. Well, the first um two Dune books I think kind of flopped, and Children is the one that made uh people like look back on the series. That was his big first money maker. I mean, if I comment on the movie, the the new movie coming out. Oh yeah. I feel like it could. I'm very ambivalent about it because I can't know either way because. On one hand, there's so much of this book, dude. Can you wait? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. You cut off for like a second, but, but you're good. Yeah, there's there like an internal monologue. They're yeah. describing like Paul describing these very intense like pressing visions that he's having, and like. Oh, you cut off again. Yeah, you cut out. Oh, I can hear him talking in his room. Uh, I, I don't know why that keeps happening. Sorry. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, and, and they're like trying to explain how time is like crazy and stuff. So, and I don't know how well it's going to translate to a movie because it's a lot of like very weird things you have to explain that takes maybe several sentences to explain in a book. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know how well it's going to translate. But on the other hand, there could be a lot of really interesting visuals. All of the Fremen stuff, the still suits, the CHs, the um, the las guns, the shields, all the fighting—they do all their fighting with knives and swords, and the the, the worms, the sandworm riding, all that stuff is going to look so cool. Um, oh yeah, yeah, sandworm it, riding. it's going to be beautiful. So dope. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Are you go here? No, that, that's, it. that's it. Okay. I'm just curious, like how well it's going to do in the like box office wise. Yeah, the issue is I Denny Villeneuve got, got Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. I could see but, it kind oh, of bombing, yeah. honestly. Even if it's like amazing, like the cast it, is all yeah. star, though. Holy I think that's, that's. I think that's the thing that's going for it is because you got Timothy Chalamet, and you know, I think that'll help it a lot. Oh, like, you, I, um, you get enough. You get enough good media and advertisement. People will come in without you know even yeah. knowing that it's a book. Yeah. People. Will get I, I just. Think I just think it might be like too much for some people. Like it's like. I have a few because he's not. I, I doubt he's gonna like dumb things down, you know. Well, I don't know. Like, it's, there's a it, lot the you is, can fucking skip in this book, and you'd probably still yeah, have a good you. Story. It's gonna be two movies, by the way. Uh, uh, it's gonna be the first half and uh, the second half. That makes sense. Good. Which good, it good, needs good. to be, or else it, yeah. it would be insane. Um, but gonna cut it off. But that's uh, the thing, though. Like, if you sometimes, you know, I mean, it's like hopefully. What I'm saying is like, I, if it's not all set up, you know. Yeah, there's so much of this book that is really intense that can turn people off. But like, there is a there is a lot of material there that can, you can really like make something uh, really, really, really. Yeah, I just I feel like it's either going to uh, be bad and not make any sense, or it's going to be 
pretty unrecognizable from the book. It's just this feels so unadaptable in the way Fucking it Villeneuve. is explored. I I know I, I really like Denny Villeneuve. I definitely I am leaning towards I think it's gonna be pretty good, and I definitely think it's going to be like visually. I think it's gonna be he's obviously I think Josh it's be, Brolin is Gurney cool. Halleck. Yeah. That All is right. insanely yeah. good casting, by the way. I'm pretty. Idaho as, uh, is Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Holy shit. Wow. Perfect. Okay, I'm looking yeah, at all these fucking castings. Holy oh, shit. you haven't even. Oh yeah, it's it's like stacked. And I'm Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Oh. Yes, perfect casting. Or not? Uh, is it Stone With this much money and talent, there's going to be yeah, equally Stone as much money in advertisement. People will see this movie. I just yeah. hope it's good. Who do they cast as Stilgar? Um. Uh. Oh shit! It's the guy from Sicario. Uh, <gasps> really. Uh, the Colombian assassin? Yeah, yeah. Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro. Oh yeah, yeah. which yeah. is really good casting too. The casting in this movie is like, it's the this best. It's so probably the best casting. Names. This is pretty wild. That's that's like, what. And they have but, Dave it's not even just yeah. stacked A-listers. It is stacked A-listers that are perfect for their roles. Yeah. Like, I read the first. I read the book and then I looked up the movie and I was like, okay, who's gonna be who? And everyone i was just like that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense that makes perfect sense yeah that's what hooked me like that's what got my interest was like holy shit okay well uh, before we head out for the for the night boys uh i mean if you oh yeah we need to decide on the next book that's true oh um um, what are the ideas i have uh, a proposal and it is annihilation which is the first book in the Southern Reach trilogy, that movie was made after it. Um, there just seems to be a lot of potential in the book there. Uh, the movie kind of distilled some of its main themes and skipped a little bit of the narrative elements, uh, but it is still seems like a very strong uh, strong read, and I'm still happy with the continuation of sci-fi books. I give a strong recommendation for Annihilation. I think it would be Yeah, really that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, I'd be um, done with that. Could I throw a book? Miles, what is your uh, Star uh, Star Wars Darth Plagueis? I'm not. No, uh, I'm not. Not a goddamn chance. I, I'll read I, that and maybe discuss. It I would definitely read that. I, I I actually would. That does. I've heard it's like the best Star Wars book. I just don't think that would be good for the book club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's like you know. It, you know, it would be impossible enough. to get. Like, it is like a lot of just to read. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like they're it's not like gonna. Justifying episode one, stuff. yeah, and it's oh, yeah. also gonna be like, yeah, I think what? that's a little too. Then yeah, I'm fine Oosh. with annihilation. In you're, that not, case. you're not gonna put for, you know, you're not gonna put forward uh, androids do android dream oh, electric. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'd be fine. I would like to do that at some point. Um, I'm fine with doing annihilation for now, though, especially since my my last pick was such a flop. <laughs> okay. I don't know, that's really your fault. It was it was good. It was good for the book club. I... Yeah, it's just it was just tough. Very, <laughs> Very hard. It was only the first chapter, and it was rough. <laughs> I could not. I just couldn't. I couldn't recite to you what happened. Yep. Yeah, that was just like okay. the, it was like the perfect book for me. And then I was like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that hard. Wait, so... Tyler, you're playing Valhalla. What? Okay, well, before this <laughs> okay. derailed. Well, <laughs> thank uh, you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, give This is what I have to say. 
TLDR. Uh, read it if you think you'd like it. Don't even attempt it if you don't think you'd like it. That's I came in. Only a fucking try. Yeah. And I Tyler. Bye.